Buck Show episode 237 this week. Isn't that great? I mean, we were just Crazy. saying, imagine 237 episodes. We've got a very special focus episode for you to here tonight, but I first want to see who's around the table with me. Hello, everyone. Amy made this beautiful bouquet that is behind <laughs> here. Isn't it beautiful? From a volunteer that came oh. up in the planter outside here at the hot box. So uh, thanks, Ames, for the bouquet. Yeah, poor volunteer. I don't know if she's going to do well with Beautiful <laughs> ornamental plant as well. I had one like that in my house and my grand walked past it. She said, oh wow, look at this beautiful plant. She had no idea it was ganja, obviously. Exactly. Whoops. Well, the CBDNN in the news, they joined shortly by Paul Michael and Neil Little. Paul Michael Keichel is obviously our head of our legal team at Cullinan and Associates. And uh, Neil uh, is the owner of the Hayes Club. And I think that it's high time that we had a bit of an update on what is happening there. When we were down in Cape Town for the expo, I stayed on for a few days. I had, um, I had the first meeting with our new legal team at Cullinan's with all the members of the team present. And we're gonna share stuff about that in a blog next week and also in next week's show. Um, so it's really nice to have uh, Paul Michael, Ricky Stone, Cormac Cullinan himself. And uh, two new attorneys on the team who are both ex-Schindlers and we'll introduce those people to you next week. But this, but this week, as usual, we... Um, we might be a little bit THC de deficient, and we always start the show with our Lank Dank feature. So what have we got tonight, folks? Something delicious from our yeah. new Dan the Grow Man. And um, yeah, I, I, I snuck a little bit out, but it's garlic sherb. Garlic, garlic sherb. Yeah. I was just saying earlier when we were looking at it under the camera, well yeah. done, Dale, yeah. There you go. Get it in the light. Yeah, in yeah. the light, because it's a lot more like green. So I was saying that it looks sort of green and yellow, like a springbok. <laughs> and it's sticky, Garlic sticky, sticky, sherb. sticky. Doesn't that look and nice? Super solid. Yeah, it's chunky, yeah. like you can't even what break it open. Dabs? Yeah, these are some dabs, you know, I'm always smoking on some dabs. We've got quite a selection tonight. This is a crumble that someone gave us like a year ago. <laughs> this is a nice sticky toffee... Um, this was a jazz farm mix, yes. Mm. Be sure to check out last week's show if you want to see our new Poofco machine. Pufko. This is a rock hard rosin. Am I right? I think yep. you gave me this. Yep. Yep. Oh, that was actually a goes where a gift from a. a and this is a just visitor. like a, this is just like a terp sauce that we really use to mix when we're smoking our crystal diamonds and stuff like that. So okay. it's nice to just add some flavor with the turp sauce. Yeah. So Dan, uh, Dale, are you going to have, um, are you going to have a dab or are you going to roll us a spliff? Amy's I'm on the spliff. On Amy's on the spliff. Good. So while Amy's busy rolling our spliff uh, for there, thank you, Dan the Dab Man. I think we're going to be calling him from now yes, on. Dan the so Dab funny. Man. Um, I think that uh, the growing has become Dan's day job and I think that we always seem to tend towards our, our side hustles when cannabis becomes our day job. So Dan has sort of moved from being the grow man to being the dab man. So I think that that's cool and fresh and great. 
But now, on um, a completely different note, I just wanted to give everybody a little bit of an update from Fields of Green for All before we go over to Neil and Paul Michael. Now, this is quite a mouthful, and I'm going to read it from the uh, telegram message that we got from Kenzie today. And it's really good news for South Africa that the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, will start in September final negotiations on the Traditional Knowledge and Genetic Resources Treaties. So, you know, although our Cannabis for Private Purposes <laughs> Bill and this and that and master plans and I don't know what all have largely ignored the traditional sides of things, we just want to assure you here at Fields of Green for All that there's a whole lot of stuff that goes in, on in the background. We can't always share everything with everybody because some people are interested in some things, some people are interested in seeing us dab on the show and some people want a legal update. So this sort of work with the World Intellectual Property Organization through Kenzie, who's our amazing, amazing um, uh, international drug policy researcher in uh, Barcelona, uh, goes on quietly in the background while we fight for all our four mm. platforms. So later on the show tonight, we're speaking about uh, obviously responsible adult use and uh, cannabis social clubs, uh, but we mustn't forget about our other platforms, which are, of course, uh, industrial uses, uses for health, and then traditional, cultural, and religious use. And this is always left out, particularly when, you, uh, when you're speaking in Europe. And all of this stuff happens in Geneva. Okay. And our role at Fields of Green for All at, at the moment, internationally, is we want to try and bring Geneva and Vienna together. Because in Vienna, they never speak about traditional cultural and religious use of any uh, plant uh, substances, as they like to call them. So just to let you know that we are working really hard in the background to cover all of the bases. And to just explain it a bit more, this special session of the Intergovernmental Committee on Intellectual Property and Genetic Resources, Traditional Knowledge and Folklore, okay, which is more sort of Western uh, kind of uh, terminology. And often in uh, webinars and in the media and whatever, the thing about protecting our land races comes up. This thing about protecting the legacy income of our, our far cannabis farmers in South Africa, it always comes up, but it never has very much substance to it. We haven't seen as yet any concrete plan to how we are going to integrate um, our traditional legacy cannabis industry into this um, crazy world that we're moving forward in. So just want you to know, even if you don't understand what's going on, World, Internet, Intellect, World Intellectual Property Organization is on it in Geneva, and our roving ambassador from Fields of Green for All's Cannabis Embassy, more about that later, um, will be there in Geneva in September, and we will obviously be applying for observer status um, uh, so that we can join online. Um, no money to go to Geneva, um, and it's just as good online for this type of thing. So that's the Fields of Green for All update. And as I was saying earlier, I met with the legal team to get a bit of an update. Paul Michael and I have been speaking to uh, Don Mahon, our OG advocate. 
He has agreed to come on board with the Hayes Club case. Cullinan and Associates um, are, are representing Neil and the Hayes Club pro bono, uh, except that we do need to raise some money for Neil to be able to pay what are called the disbursements. Yeah. So that is things like printing and just the report of the trial so far um, to be delivered to Bloemfontein to the Supreme Court of Appeal um, was nearly 40,000 rand. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so we'll be discussing this more over the weeks. We'll discuss this with Neil. But just to give you that background, um, so Paul Michael and uh, Cullen and Associates are representing Neil. And Fields of Green for All uh, is now in the process of, um, of applying to be amicus curiae, which is friends of the courts in the Hayes Club case. We're in the beginning stages. We have briefed uh, Stefan Bezadenot, you all know him, 420 attorney, who will be Fields of Green's attorney for this, and Don Mahan will be our counsel. But we will get Stefan in on, um, on another show so that he can explain his role. He's very near, new to the team. So I would like to welcome joining us from KZN in the Mid Midlands, PM, my dear friend, my brother, uh, and Neil, um, Joining us from um, somebody's spare room in Cape Town where he's been out for dinner tonight and has just snuck away to join us on the show. Thank you, Neil. I gave you really uh, short notice and um, I'm glad that the two of you could join us tonight. You're welcome. So, PM, can you believe that tomorrow is a month since the two of us went to the first opening session of C&D in Vienna? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty incredible. I, I I don't think I've fully integrated it yet, Matt. Yeah, I haven't either, and I've got in the back of my mind, uh, you know, the, the stuff to tell the general public in South Africa about our experience at CND. Um, but I think that that it is worth sharing the stash can um, incident <laughs> with everybody, please. Um, <laughs> I think you tell the story the best. <laughs> so so on the first day. Um, um, the opening of the plenary session at the United Nations, you know, this beautiful big uh, uh, hall where, where all of the international delegates convened, uh, beautiful plush blue carpets. Uh, Myrtle and I got in early so that we could get seats and get those little translation headphones that go in your ears so that you can understand what the international delegates are saying. Um, you know, so that we didn't want to sit on the floor, have to lean against the wall. Anyway, we're sitting down and uh, Myrtle starts rummaging through her bag and as though it had a little spring on the bottom, her stash can goes flying out of her bag and rolls on this beautiful blue carpet in and amongst the legs of these uh, hoity-toity delegates and Myrtle oh has God. to chase after this thing to, uh, to, to get her hands on it and, and retrieve it and stuff it back into the bag and of course the two of us were, were laughing ourselves silly and uh, <laughs> nobody, no, nobody uh, with, with the required degree of self-importance knew anything that was going on. Yeah. <laughs> I would have paid it, money to have been there. It was a, it was a moment. <laughs> it certainly was because it's also very serious there and I think we learned a lot. I think we're just still digesting a lot. You know, as I said, we're um, the, the Cannabis Embassy International Arm of Fields of Green for All was really pleased to have you as part of our crazy ragtag team because it's very difficult to describe what goes on there. But anyway, we came back and then a few days later, 
uh, we left for Cape Town with the whole team and then we met with with Cullinans and we certainly have been speaking to Don Mahan in the background. So, so PM, can you um, uh, give us in a nutshell from, from your side um, uh, what's going on with the Hayes Club case? Look, I'm going to allow Neil to, to tell the human story around it, but really what happened with, uh, with the coming and going of the 2018 judgment, um, there was this, um, I suppose, uh, realization that, that um, if the Constitutional Court had said that you can grow and consume cannabis in a private space, then it didn't matter whether or not you owned that private space and whether or not somebody assisted you in that cultivation. I mean, if, if you rented a house and your gardener came and watered your cannabis plants, um, that surely wouldn't render you or the gardener or your landlord um, a drug dealer in terms of the meds, uh, in, in terms of the Drugs Act. Um, so, so in came this concept of the, the, the private cannabis grow club, uh, which essentially is renting out sometimes common private space um, sometimes the pooling of cannabis, but essentially um, qualified expert horticulturalists growing your cannabis for you uh, in a private space that you've rented. Um, we always appreciated from the word go that, um, you know, legal opinions are just that, opinions, and that the likes of the South African Police Services and the National Prosecuting Authorities might disagree with us. And it turns out, unfortunately, in Neil's case, that they did uh, disagree with us. And uh, <laughs> Neil has uh, Neil's facility, and but again, I'll allow him to tell the human story. Neil's facility was raided, and uh, he has been criminally charged under for drug dealing under the drugs and, uh, and under the Drugs Act. And an application, a high court application in Cape Town, was brought um, to two separate um, uh, causes of action or, or, or relief that was being sought. The one was a declarator that, that everything that the Hayes Club was doing uh, was in fact compliant with the 2018 judgment. In the alternative, um, if the court disagreed and uh, didn't want to, to, to give that declarator, there was alternative relief sought that um, to the extent, or, or, or let's rather say it this, that the, the prohibition on dealing is unconstitutional <coughs> to the extent that it prevents um, an adult from partaking in what the, the Hayes Club uh, offers and does. Um, that, that High Court application was lost by the Hayes Club. I, I think, um, reading between the lines very narrowly, I think that the judge was sitting on the fence with that one. Uh, because the judge very readily gave leave to appeal to the Supreme Court of Appeal. So now, uh, probably later this year, in the in the late, latter parts of this year, we're going to be going in front of five judges of the Supreme Court of Appeal to see whether we can overturn the, the High Court's decision. Okay. Wow. Thanks for that synopsis. Now, I know <laughs> that one question that... Um, uh, certainly it came up when we gathered together some of our, our closest um, people 
that night in Cape Town in one particularly beautiful private club. I know that people were firing questions at you and at Ricky um, because they had you there as a captive audience. And the one question that stuck in my mind was, does it matter going forward that the Hayes Club's modus operandi was to grow your plants for you? And does this exclude people who are rather running a, a private club with members according to all the best practices, but they're not growing for people. They're actually um, uh, either growing it themselves and providing it to the members, or they are uh, having growers within their member network who then grow and then they circulate the cannabis between them. Does that make a difference between the two different modus operandi? Look, you know, again, these, these things are just legal opinions. Um, the Hayes Club model was specifically formulated to try to fit in with what the, the Constitutional Court said was permissible in, term, uh, in 2018. Um, it said that an adult could grow cannabis or could cultivate cannabis for personal consumption. So um, I would say that it is reasonably important that the, that the Hayes Club was making sure that the cultivation material, whether it be a clone or whether it were a seed, and Neil will correct me if I'm wrong on any score, was actually provided by the member. Um, you know, there are certain, one, one can walk very, um, very much on the line or, or stray a little bit off the line. I mean, one can start talking about members donating genetics to one another and pooling that within a club, et cetera, et cetera. But on a strict interpretation of the judgment, you, you really ought to um, have the club be growing your cannabis for you um, in order to not fall foul of, of, of a narrow interpretation of the Drugs Act. Um, whether the Drugs Act can be more broadly interpreted to allow for the expanded grow club model in which um, the, the, the grow club is actually growing and, and essentially providing cannabis that wasn't the members' cannabis prior to that to those members, that's something that's yet to be seen, but that's that's not what the Hayes Club case um, is about. Yes, so so it's not essentially about the, the 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 growing for the members. It's about the privacy and the interpretation of the of the judgment. Well, yes, but that but that but that also includes the fact that. Um, you are growing those members' cannabis for those those members. Yes. It, it it was their cannabis to start off with, yep. and there is never an exchange. So so the, the, there's essentially what we're asking is the court is for the courts to recognise that there was never an exchange of of uh, of cannabis. Uh, the original owner always remained the owner throughout. Okay, okay, cool. So because we're always in the in the cannabis social club circles. Um, uh, the, people say, oh, there's different models of clubs. And there isn't really. The Cannabis Social Club is the model, and then there's various ways that those clubs are being run. And it varies all around the world. About the most cohesive ways of running clubs is, is uh, in, in Spain. But uh, there's lots of different interpretations. But I'd just like to bring Neil in now. And... Um, and just to thank him for his patience and for coming on the show at the very, very last minute. <laughs> is Neil there? There he is. Hi, Neil. Yeah. 
So yeah, here, right. ladies and gentlemen, is Hi, one. Natalia. Thanks for thanks for having me. Okay, cool. So here for our for our viewers uh, tonight um, is one very very brave man. And you know, I'll never forget the conversation that we had with Neil right in the beginning and saying to me, Brew, have you got patience? Because this is going to take such a long time. So how are you on this long journey, Neil? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point, Myrtle. When you said that to me, I naively thought, no, there's no chance, man. Come on, this thing's going to be wrapped up in a year or so. No, no. So here we are nearly three years on and it's... Uh, you know, it's still, I think we still have at least a year or two to go, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to hear what, um, you know, Paul Michael's explanation of, of of the judgment and how it's been interpreted and how our model was structured around it and, and where it goes. So, and, and specifically the parts about um, the, the alternative relief, which I think, Paul Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've actually we're now focusing more on that constitutional element than anything else now. So, and, and I believe it's just because, not to confuse, not to put something too complicated in front of the court to look at part A and part B, we feel that we're much stronger on the constitutional element, so we chose to focus on that specifically. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul Michael. Is that is that where we stand? Like we we are now we're approaching the Supreme Court of Appeal, and we we didn't appeal the fact that the Hayes Club was operating legally at the time. We actually decided to focus all energy on this constitutional challenge, which was the relief part of our original High Court submission. Uh, you're correct, Neil. It, it, it was the alternative relief. So the, the part A was essentially the declarator. Look, there's a there's a, um, a, a a very competent team of counsel involved in this, and you know this is just a strategic decision as to um, what is likely to be more palatable to the justices of the Supreme Court of Appeal. Um, you know, it, it's without getting too technical. The Constitutional Court in 2018 found that um, the the right to privacy was unjustifiably infringed by a prohibition on doing X, Y, Z. Um, essentially, what, what the High Court in the Hayes Club matter did when it made its finding is it said, no, 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 um, this, is, this is too much of a stretch of, of the right to privacy. And in so doing, it didn't go through the Section 36 uh, of the Constitution Limitations Analysis. So, so uh, that, that was a required um, process to go through in order to justify limitation of the right to privacy in the Constitution. So, so Myrtle, you'd be very, very uh, well-versed in this, but, but sometimes it's about, uh, you know, formulating a legal strategy that gets the result that you want and not necessarily always a client being happy with how um, how it's stated or how the story is told uh, in, in getting from point A to point Z. Yeah, the, you yeah. Know, there's a, always you know, a gap. You know, PM, sorry. It's okay, go ahead. Can I speak? <laughs> yeah, bringing that up, it actually just reminded me of the, the thing you just said earlier about you know, that you're reading between the lines that your judge was kind of on the fence in this matter. And and actually in the appeal hearing in the High Court in, in Cape Town, 
she said right at the end, she said, you know, because obviously the um, uh, the opposing side, the state is trying to, you know, you know, provide grounds that we shouldn't be granted appeal. And she said, from day to day, I was flopping on either side of this case. One day I was totally in agreement with the one side and the other day I'd be totally in agreement with the next. And isn't that in itself grounds for appeal, which I think is why she granted it so easily. But the fact that she said that in open court really says something for for the case and 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 hopefully for for um, our, our chances with with this appeal. Yeah, thanks, Neil. You know, it's um, uh, Jules and I certainly learned that over over the years. You have a particular expectation as a layperson, and it takes you a long time to to kind of be comfortable with some of the the legal strategies and the way that things unfold. But it is what it is when it comes to to um, the legal things, and one just has to trust in your legal team and ask you know many questions and get it straight in your head. And we certainly have got amazing representation as amicus. I just saw the Ricky, hello, brother Green. Uh, Ricky just said yes, and exactly that's why Fields of Green needs mm -hmm. to intervene as amicus, because. Um, you know, just recently going to Barcelona and really uh, knowing all about the NCOD model and knowing the situation with the clubs on the ground in South Africa, I've got no idea what strategy Stefan and Don are going to put together for the amicus. It's too early days. Um, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to be friends of the court and what our affidavit will look like, but it's exciting to be able to to see some progress, don't you think, Neil? Isn't it great to see some progress? Yeah, sure. It's it's great when you know the the cogs stop moving for months months on end, and then all of a sudden there's a hive of activity again, which is where we find ourselves now with the appeal actually being lodged with the with the Supreme Court of Appeal. So these these times are exciting, and to be honest, a little bit nerve wracking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's like um, I think you know if we've. I, you know, always at the back of your mind is what happens if all goes wrong, mm. and the outcome is not not pretty, you know. Um, but things go well, and then it's it's really a, it's it'll be a momentous occasion yeah. for for the world, really. I think you know if we can get this right in South Africa, that that would be wonderful. Well, imagine I was in Barcelona and, and, and sorry, with, with sorry sorry to intervene. But unfortunately, uh, whether win or lose in the Supreme Court of Appeal, we're probably going to have to go to the Constitutional Court because even if yeah. you win, the relief that you're seeking is an order of constitutional invalidity, which in and of itself is not effective until it's confirmed by the Constitutional Court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And isn't that But great? I would rather win and have to get it verified by the Constitutional Court than have to go appeal to the Constitutional Court. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that we learned over the years, too, was that, you know, you start in the gutter at the Magistrates' Court. And then when we were dealing with all our <laughs> stay of prosecution cases, we'd say to them, because the most stressful time is actually that Magistrates' Court because it's stinky and smelly and got cops and overworked magistrates and prosecutors and whatnot. When you, the minute you go into the high court, you get treated a bit better, you know? 
you really do. You feel, and you personally, because it's taken time to get there, you start, you feel a, a bit more confident. And now I think you'll find when you go to Supreme Court of Appeal that it's even, it's even, it's even better for you personally. Although it's very, very nerve-wracking, you know that one of the highest courts in, of the, in the land is taking you seriously. You know, and you've got this far, and you should be proud of it. But Neil, I know that for you, it really has been an incredible strain. You have a young family. Um, you know, you've got rent to pay and mouths to feed and everything like that. And on behalf of the cannabis community, I would really like to thank you mm. for, for carrying the costs of the case thus far. And we'd like to, as you know, offer you Fields of Green's support and the, the support of our, um, all of our affiliates, our private club uh, members, the whole of the Green Network. We would also, we're also offering you some financial support because you really can't afford to do this on your own. So just um, a, f uh, a few words. It's really just be upfront with everybody. It's not been easy money-wise. No, absolutely. The financial strain has has been substantial. You know, as yeah. as you say, just just I mean, when it sound when it, when you break it down, it sounds like oh, a couple of photocopies and you send that to the court. It's it just isn't like that. Um, I mean, it really is just a couple of photocopies. But that process in itself, I think you said forty grand. I think it's becoming closer to sixty grand now. Wow. Just this photocopying and sending to the the courts, and that's just that's just one. That's just you know one cycle, yeah. every step of the way. And I mean, thanks to Cullinans and Paul Michael for the pro bono. The legal fees are not even you know we don't even have to foot that bill, but um, just the actual disbursements themselves are extortionate. They're expensive, and there's nothing to be done about that. You know, we just have to pay those bills. So yeah. Myrtle, I can't thank you enough for your your support. I mean, from day one, Fields of Green have just just been really outstanding in your in your moral support and now your pledge for financial support. And I just really hope that the the rest of the clubs in South Africa also come to the party because this is this is something that affects all of us. And and I won't lie, it feels a bit feels a bit isolated at the time. There's there's one or two clubs that have really shown support, but other than that, I, it's been quite quiet. You know, you haven't um, be it financial support or moral support or anything. I think this. I would like to see the the clubs all kind of coming together as a community, saying let's get this let's get this thing done, man, for everyone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over to Amy now because um, our amazing Fields of Green for All team. Rian and Dale and Dan and Joe and Amy, uh, certainly when we were down in Cape Town, they were pushing very hard mm. for, for lots and lots of, of um, sign-ups. I've almost got the whole Grow One Africa board um, group on, on board. Uh, that's been uh, you know, quite a long road. So Amy will be able to tell everybody uh, now. Hello, Harold. <laughs> we'll be able to tell everybody now how clubs, people that are watching, if you know clubs, if you're a member of a club, or whatever it's only 420 rand a month mm. and how do they do that Ames? yeah i think geez it's um vital that everyone just joins together now and actually does just put their money where their mouth is you know everyone yeah. is flourishing and, and going on as, as if it's all legal so 
as uh, everyone else at the expo would know, you can go to our website and you can sign up to, there's various options, you can join as an affiliate, um, otherwise for the club specifically, you know, we have created an option just for you, so it would be 420 rand a month, and that money would go directly to helping and the Hayes Club and just paying the everyday things that we need. So every there's, day. yeah, every yeah. day, literally, like data, cell phone costs. I mean, you know, even uh, other than the Hayes Club, all of our various court cases, yeah. there's a 24-hour helpline. I mean, can you imagine what that takes? We're already deep in it. These, yeah. are, these are court cases that really do set a precedent. It is, it's yeah, setting yeah. the precedence. Yeah, well, yeah. we all go on, like Merce said at the Expo, which is my favorite. It's all smoke and mirrors. Like, our arrest line has been going off the chain at the moment. Like, it's been ridiculous. The police are not stopping. And someone's got to do it. We've got to challenge it. And we're grateful for Neil and that to you. And, and, and for a very good reason as well, because the service that they're offering is, is genius, if, if I could yeah. say that as well. Because not everyone has a private space to grow their own stuff. Exactly. Never mind the skill or the time yeah, or yeah. the electricity. Mm. You know, so having somebody who can safely grow your plant yeah. medicine for yeah. you is... And, you know, if you look at the spread of the clubs throughout South Africa, the, the, the impression that we're getting, okay, where this is not hard data, yeah. but it looks like there's maybe, I don't know, somewhere between 70 and 100 clubs uh, of varying sort of economic um, zones and whatnot, some very, very liney, some lovely and basic and homely. Um, and but everybody's making a little bit of money along there, and it's mm. only four hundred and twenty rand a, a, a month. You know, it's one bag of weed, as we were saying. So that's that's um, our sort of call to action. Yeah. And then, Paul Michael, you had a really good way of um, of putting it a little bit earlier when we were chatting uh, um, before the show. Uh, you said that it should be a what to to support fields of green and in turn support Neil. Uh, how did you describe it before the show? I, I described it as a strategic investment, Mert. Uh, yeah, strategic Invest in your ability to, to be able to run run a cannabis grow club while while also sleeping at night, knowing that the hawks aren't going to be knocking or bashing down your doors, rather, and yeah. ruining your life and ruining your business and ruining things for all of your members. So, you know, it's it's... One, one can hide in the shadows forever and just hope that, that the hawks never find you. But on the other hand, you can uh, sponsor a little bit out of your pocket towards um, Neil and the Hayes Club, who are trying to ultimately uh, not only make this better for themselves, but set the precedent that will make this better for absolutely everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, by the way, had a really interesting conversation with Tony Ironreich from Kasatu the other day, and I was updating on him on, uh, you know, a few things that we were up to, and he said, wow, that'll be a precedent-setting case, won't it? Together with, obviously, with our case in the Labour Court. So I'd like to thank, and on behalf of the crew, I'd really like to thank Neil and Paul Michael for joining us tonight, and um, we're sure to go and be going to be concentrating on this We've got a month to get our amicus application in. Um, so we're going to be updating you every week um, about this. So please, if you've got any questions, um, please put them in the comments section or you can get hold of us across the board on the socials or you can call Charles on the helpline and you can bend his ear for a bit. You can send us a comment on your website. But any questions, we really, it, it uh, gives us a good idea if you send us your questions. Um, it gives us a good idea of what the issues are out there that, that we need to address.
uh, in this ongoing thing to do uh, with the Cannabis Social Club issue. So we're very pleased to be joining by, joined by the two gentlemen tonight and um, from all of us here around the table. This, we will, this is posted to our YouTube channel, so please, 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 if you see it on our socials, share it everywhere. This episode, I think, is, is a very important share. Um, yeah, and uh, from round the table, Amy, what do you say? I have a quick raffle. Oh, yes, <laughs> there's always something. <laughs> um, so this actually, <laughs> it's been hectic, guys, so we're a little bit late, but this is just the raffle from the Cape Town Expo, so if you were there and you entered to win a Fields of Greed for Hamper, then, yeah, who wants to pull the ticket number? I literally just wrote down the number of countries yeah. we have and then... Okay. Aha. So it's number... Lucky 13. Number 13, Leo Udendahl. Congratulations! Okay. I will reach out to you sometime this week. I think we've got a cell phone number, so yeah. yeah. I'll give you a call. Hope you're watching. And PM and, and Neil, if you're still there, sorry I didn't give you the your sort of like last word, but thank you very, very much. I think that the um, garlic sherb kind of got you yeah, right there at the end. <laughs> so what you're saying to sign off, Miami? Uh, you know your Dakar farmer. Know where your weed comes from. Joe, what are you shouting from the background? Oh, uh, stay safe and choose happy. Yay! And Dale? No, you're right. And I'd like you to light one up for Jules and we'll see you next week.